Lord Jesus, good morning. Thank you for this Tuesday morning, and uh, we thank you in advance for uh, how you're going to use us today. And as I take a deep breath, again, I just ask you to help us center our hearts and minds on you, Lord. Thank you again for James, for his um, uh, courage and uh, willingness to lead this morning. And um, I just ask you again for your Holy Spirit to speak through him to us, words of encouragement and equipping. Thank you, James, for leading again today. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. James Kennedy. Thank you, Jerry. Yes, and it's good to be back again with everyone. I uh, hope everyone's had a great start to the week. And I think last time I was on here, I ended up running a few minutes over. So today I'm going to try to make it up to you guys and get you off of here a little sooner. I know Jerry's great about being sensitive to everyone's time. And I know there's many mornings I'm jumping off this call to get on another call and we're running out the door to the meeting. So I appreciate your sensitivity to our schedules, Jerry. But uh, today I just, I thought we would take a look at one of the shortest parables Jesus used when he was teaching here on earth. It is a parable that uh, was recorded in three of the four gospels. And I'm sure you have all heard it discussed or put in different contexts, uh, depending on the lesson or application. And it is the parable of the mustard seed. Mm. And uh, in Matthew, we find the parable in chapter 13, where Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. Now, we all know Jesus is referring or referencing the growth of his kingdom here, but I think there are several other nuggets of truth that we can take from these verses and from this little parable. Several years back, as I was preparing to give a devotional on a mission trip, the Lord kind of gave me a different perspective on this verse, and it was of how God uses and grows the talents he has blessed us with from being small, immature seeds into gifts that can be honed and sharpened into kingdom-building tools to help a lost and hurting world come to know its creator. And uh, I've always loved being out in nature, and I just think trees are beautiful examples of God's ability to take what we view as weak or insignificant, a small little tiny seed, and make a magnificent and life-giving creature out of it. Mm -hmm. My mind goes back to a family vacation we took out in California when I was a kid, and we drove through the redwood forest and I remember getting out of the car and walking over to the base of one of those big old trees and looking up and not even being able to see the, the top of the tree. And they're just so big. It just kind of blows your mind. And mm -hmm. to it all began with a, a small little seed. I mean, if you think about it for a minute, uh, way back in time, who knows how long ago a mature redwood tree had grown a pine cone. And inside that pine cone, a bunch of little seeds were growing. Well, at some point, that pine cone fell out of a tree, rolled around on the ground, and began to decay. And then some of those little seeds that were inside that pine cone began to lay down into the ground and slowly begin to take root. And then hundreds, and even up to, and I was doing a little research on those redwood trees, it says they can live up to 2,000 years 
Wow. Here they are still growing with some of those trees coming close to 24 feet in diameter and 350 feet tall. And if that doesn't want you to, or make you want to belt out a verse of that old song, how great thou art. Uh, I don't know what will, I mean, that is some pretty incredible stuff. And it makes me think our career is pretty good at transforming and growing things. If you ask me, yeah. And so here in Matthew 13, Jesus reveals how trees can be viewed as pictures of the very kingdom of their creator. It's remarkable that God would begin his kingdom small and then grow it by his faithful stewardship into a beautiful and life-giving creation. Mm -hmm. God also took the seed of death of one man, Jesus, to create a beautiful tree of salvation for all of humanity. John 3.17 says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Our Heavenly Father, Father's wrath over our sin poured out on Jesus, allowed God to free the rest of us from the wrong side of eternity. And through the seed of Jesus' death, God has been creating a powerful and eternal kingdom, bringing people to a restored relationship with himself across thousands of years. And just as the mustard seed grows large enough to become a tree in which the birds make their home, the kingdom of God has transferred our citizenship and ransomed us back into a restored relationship with our Heavenly Father. And not only does this parable describe the incredible expanse of God's kingdom from few to a many, it can also illustrate the seed of salvation planted within each of us that God intends to grow into a beautiful and fruit-bearing tree. Luke 17, 21 says, The kingdom of God is in the midst of you. God's kingdom is not built of brick and mortar, but of human hearts. God's desire is to water the seed of salvation he's planted in us with the Spirit and the Word. He longs to mold and shape us into the likeness of Jesus that we may live lives that bear incredible life-giving fruit. I mentioned in one of my last devotionals that as a teenager had gone on a missions trip down to South America, but little did I know that that trip would ignite a passion in me for missions. And I would end up going and being on 20 other mission trips through the, uh, the last 20 years. And I've always had a passion for missions, even from a young age. I love the excitement of, going on those trips, whether it's it's going and cleaning up storm damage from a tornado here in the States or traveling to other far off countries. However, for many folks heading off to a foreign country on a mission trip is just not their cup of tea and it's something they can't or couldn't even imagine themselves doing. But I believe God has a place and a purpose for everyone that is willing to use their talents for building up the kingdom. We have an older lady in our church that has a tremendous ministry right here out of her home, and she has put together a team of ladies that sew and make dresses for little girls so that when we take groups on mission trips, we take suitcases full of dresses uh, to give out to little girls that come to the vacation Bible schools we do. And sewing, for some reason, just doesn't you know push my buttons or get me too excited, but if you say, let's go put a church or a roof on a church in the jungles of Peru, or let's go clean up a neighborhood from some storm damage, well, now you're speaking my language, and, you know, that gets me pumped and excited. And uh, a few years back, 
I had the privilege of leading the team from our church to Guatemala, and we ended up having several newbies on the team, and it was their first ever mission trip experience, and most of them were a little nervous and anxious, to say the least, and I had several of them come up to me before the trip and say, you know, I just, I'm so worried that I won't be able to do much to help out while I'm down there, and I don't really know anything about construction or medical things. And and so I'd, I would ask him this question. I said, have you prayed about doing this trip? And do you believe God really wants you to go on this trip? And they would say, well, yes, of course. And I then I would remind them that if God was leading them to go, then he definitely had a plan and purpose for them being on the team and to just continue to pray and be watching for opportunities. Mm-hmm. that the Lord would while they were there. Mm-hmm. So with knowing the uncertainty uh, that several of the team members were facing, I remember God prompting me to share this parable about the mustard seed in our first night's devotional after we got down there to Guatemala. I remember talking about how God calls and uses all different types of people and talents to help build his kingdom. I told him that some of them would be responsible for planting seeds that week. And uh, you may sow a seed that you never even knew you planted until one day you get to heaven and someone says, Hey, do you remember that VBS you guys did or you did down in Guatemala? Well, I'm here today because you planted a seed in my heart that eventually led me to becoming a believer. And then I told them that some of them would uh, be watering seeds that have already been planted. And we may even get to see harvest of some ripe fruit on this trip. Or then again, we may not, because many times God is calling us to just be busy at work in his fields, planting, cultivating, pruning, pulling weeds, watering the seeds and the plants. I would then go on to share with them the story of William Carey, who went to India as a missionary back in the late 1700s. And it was only after he had taught and preached and labored for seven hard years that he baptized his first convert. And yet we can now look back at William Carey's legacy and see that he inspired a worldwide missionary movement later on in the 19th century. Missionaries like Hudson Taylor and David Livingston came out of that movement and thousands of people seemed to know Christ because he did not quit or give up because he was not seeing fruit or a harvest of souls in the early days of his ministry. Too many times I think that we are just spinning our wheels. It's not, if we are not seeing fruit or a harvest, however, we have to understand that the harvest is only a small part of God's bigger picture. Mm -hmm. And so today I wanted to leave us with three things to think about. Number one, what kind of seeds are we planting and sowing? Number two, are we being faithful to cultivate and water seeds we encounter that have already taken root or beginning to grow? And finally, are we looking for ripe fruit that is ready for harvest? Mm. I know for me, it can be hard to stay focused on these things during these crazy times we're living in. I think someone mentioned in a PSP last week that it, in today's culture, being a kind and compassionate and caring person means you're kind of a softy and don't have a backbone. However, I believe we need the fruits of, a, of the spirit rooted in our lives today more than ever before. Mm-hmm. 
you know, the older I get, it seems the more impatient I seem to be. However, I am more and more amazed at how patient God is with me. Mm-hmm. We talk about the trees and how they grow year after year, season to season by God's faithful stewardship. This old earth is con- constantly transforming as God's creation grows and changes. And I think you and I are no different. God's plan has always been to mold us into beautiful pictures of his love. We just need to encourage ourselves in his wonderful, in this process he's created for us. And I challenge us to encourage the growth he longs to instill in us by spending time in his presence and his word. Let's allow his word to water and cultivate good seeds and new growth in our lives until we are transformed into his likeness. And the more we become like him, the better we will be at planting good seeds, watering those newly sprouted seeds, and then being able to recognize when there is ripe fruit around us that is ready for harvest. I know I want to be faithful in living in obedience to God's word, and by doing so, we will grow into fruit-producing trees that make a lasting impact for his kingdom. And Jerry, sometimes it just, it seems like the little things, it's the little things that can make the biggest difference in our lives. For sure. yeah. So that's really all I had for us today. That's good, James. You know, I got a visual as you were talking about watering and we've got a couple hanging baskets and my wife will periodically say to me, Hey, make sure, you know, will you, or will you, uh, water the hanging baskets because you'll start to see them wilt. And as I'm I'm looking through this uh, this list of names, you know, like John Allison, I've been friends for a lot of years, but some of the guys are older. Daniel and Brandon are some younger guys. Um, but whether you're older or younger, um, just that reminder of of water and water comes from in various forms, right? Community, James, like this, the Word of God, yep. and, and and praying. So. Um, that's a great that's a that's a great message today. I appreciate you and I appreciate it. Will you launch us in prayer into the rest of our Tuesday, James? Happy to. Father, thank you for another day you've given us to serve you, Father. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your your patience. We just pray that you'll go with us throughout the rest of this week. We pray you'll bless each and every person that's on this call today. Pray you'll bless their businesses and just uh, help us to be sensitive to planting good seeds and watering those that need uh, watered and to be faithful to, to be, to know when there's fruit to be ready to be harvested. Father, we just, we thank you for all you've done for us and all you're going to do. Just uh, go with us throughout the rest of this day and we'll be careful to give you the praise. Your name we ask. Amen. Amen. Well done. Love you, buddy. Have a great day, guys. Yeah. Same to you. Thanks, Jerry. Take care.